Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to another episode of In the Pen, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network, a podcast about relievers. I'm your host, Callan Elslager, joined as always by my friends Rick Graham and Jay Crumpler. Guys, how you doing today? Uh, doing doing all right. I'm sweating out the Celtics game right now, uh, but you know, this is a nice little break from that to focus on you know some reliever news. Uh, you know, a couple injuries this week again, and a couple guys returned at least. So some some good news there. Definitely can uh, agree with the break right now. I'm just waiting for Zelda to come out at 9 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, my time right now. So I'm just sort of trying to do anything to distract me for just a couple more hours. I was at work all day and, you know, it was pretty hard to get stuff done thinking about staying up all night and playing video games. Haven't had that that feeling in a while, but, you know, always, always baseball is always a great distraction. Yeah, I'd say the same, but I'm trying to distract myself from a Yankee eight nothing deficit against Tampa Bay Rays with this podcast. So I can't Ooh. say it's fully the same here, but you know, that's the beauty of the season. We'll get them back tomorrow on Friday with uh, Garrett Cole back in the mound, or so I hope. But on today's episode, we are going to dive into some hold candidates. We haven't, we've done a little bit of uh, risers with closers. We haven't done as much for the next man up. And with all the hype around a certain Baltimore Oriole reliever on Twitter, we decided maybe it's time we actually, you know, talk about him and talk about how good the season's. So we're going di- to get into him, see what his, uh, What's really given rise to success and other guys you need to be monitoring, keep an eye on just on how great of a season they're having in terms of hold candidates. But as always, we're going to start off with some news and notes. First, we'll start off on the injury front. Jose Alvarado is part of the big deficit of this week in terms of relievers. He got placed on the 15-day IL with left elbow inflammation. We've talked about it all season, how he's been the clear best reliever in Philadelphia, took over of that closer job. So without him... It goes back to that same question we had all preseason. Craig Kimbrell or Sir Anthony Dominguez? And Rick, we'll start with you. Who takes over for a closer? Who gets the majority of saves now that uh, Alvarado's gone? I want to say neither, to be honest. I, I really like what Gregory Soto's been doing. Um, but I don't think they're ready to, to, to make that switch out based on his usage. So it's probably... I mean, Craig Kimbrell's already been kind of sneaking into some save situations. And he's... Been I don't he hasn't been he's been okay he's not the Craig Kim, Kimbrel of past but he's not as bad as you know Craig Kimbrel's been in the past few years so I I think he's serviceable um this Alvarado injury though really does I mean he was their best reliever by far and that's that's brings their bullpen down pretty big time so you know I I think this might be a situation where I'm. If you're bidding, if you have in Fab League, I, I think I'm just throwing a couple bucks on everyone and seeing who who you can get. Because I, I know in a lot of my leagues already, my, my 16 teamers, these three aren't available: Soto, Alvarado, or, or Kimbrel. So if one is available, I'd take a shot just because it's you know 
there's there's going to be some good opportunity here, and Alvarado's probably going to be out for a while. So, um, but I think I think I like Soto, then Kimbrel, then Sir Anthony right now. Interesting. I, I didn't think you'd uh, choose Soto over the other guys, but I, I think you guys might even be underselling Jose Alvarado as the best closer or the best reliever on the Phillies. I think he might have been the best reliever in baseball throughout the year so far. Absolutely incredible that he didn't walk anybody before getting injured. Pretty, pretty crazy. But so that that's a huge loss for the Phillies. And I, I feel like right now with Kimbrel having gotten the three saves outside of Jose Alvarado's five, I feel like that's a pretty good indicator that he's going to be the closer. I know he has like a seven ERA right now, which is really unappealing, but it's definitely uh, due to a pretty unfortunate home run to fly ball ratio and a pretty unfortunate BABIP. And I think that should turn around a little, but I would have my money on Kimbrel. I, I still am a big fan of Sir Anthony and he's really turned it around a lot since starting off the, the season pretty terribly, but you know, Gregory Soto, might be the guy showing the best skills right now. So I don't know, maybe, maybe side with Rick, but right now it seems like the manager there has more favor in the veteran Kimbrel. Do you think Matt Strom plays into this conversation at all? We saw him really look good as a starter. I was at the game on Sunday when he came into the eighth inning of a three run lead, got him out of the inning and they brought him out for second. Inning. So technically he gets a save, but He's got some good strikeout stuff. He's pitching really well this season. I could see him getting into a high leverage role. Does he, you think he'll work his way in or is he probably fourth on that list? Yeah. I mean, there, there, there are more, there are some options here between him to, he had, you know, Connor Brogdon's, you know, I, I think he can maybe factor into, um, I still think that they'll go with the guys who are more experienced in the role, um, which is the, you know, Kimbrell, Sir Anthony Soto trio. But uh, yeah, Strom. I mean, Strom could be that guy who finishes off the game, going you know finishing off two or three innings, and you know as if he comes in in the seventh and he's cruising, and you know they might as well just stick with him. So uh, I, I think he's still he might be someone who you can you know still have some value in in mixed leagues just because of his ability to to work more than one inning. Yeah, but that also leaves the question that like he, he's not going to go multiple days in a row. True. So when, when he does get that save, I, I doubt they push him two days in a row, especially because they already started him at the beginning of this season and he's already like surpassed half of the innings he threw last year. So I don't, I don't know if they want to push him too hard and yeah, I, I don't, I don't think he's got the best skills in this bullpen either. So he could definitely have a, a few of those uh, multi-inning saves factor factor in every once in a while, but I, I don't, I don't see him being like the closer throughout the rest of the year. We'll rapid fire the last couple of uh, injuries and just see if any of them have some sort of a you know fantasy viability for you or have some impact. Cutter Cutter Crawford was placed on a 15 day IL for left hamstring for Boston Red Sox. Aaron Loop goes to the IL for right a strained right hamstring for the Angels. Caleb Fieldbar for the Twins 15 day IL with a strained right oblique. And Gary Clevenger for the Tampa Bay Rays torn right ACL for the season. It was pretty. You knew it was bad. You saw him immediately go down. They had to bring, a, I believe, a wheelchair on the field to get him off the field. So he's out for the season for the Rays. So a lot of American League injuries um, this week for middle reliever and depth arms, I'd say, for them. Do any of those have any sort of uh, fancy impact or cause anybody to rise up for you, especially for holds? 
Uh, I think the teal bar one hurts a little bit for Minnesota. He's he's been someone that they've, they've trusted for a while, and he's been one of the more underrated pitchers in the game. So, um, that probably opens things up a little bit more for you know Jackson. Uh, Lopez are already going to be big factors there, so you know, they could give Giovanni Moran a chance, or um. You know, Emilio Pagan's pitched a little bit better lately, so maybe he works his way back into some sort of high leverage role. Yeah, I feel like Moran's probably the one that gets the the biggest boost there, just because he's the only lefty now. So they'll they'll probably need him more so in in high leverage situations or against lefty leaning lineups. But the the big one for me is Cutter Crawford going down. He's not like a holds guy or a saves guy, but he was really putting in some great work out of the bullpen there. Just what was a guy that was very appealing to me, especially in points leagues where starts are limited and, or, or as a, as a spark, just his ability to go multiple innings. And he was, had a great strikeout to walk ratio. So I actually had him rostered in a couple of leagues, but so that, that was pretty disappointing to see him go down, but I don't think that really impacts the rest of that bullpen too much. Let's go over to the transactions. We saw a big name back. Our preseason saves favorite among the show. Rizal Iglesias was activated for the 15 day IL. Uh, for the Atlanta Braves, and you saw him get thrown right back into the save mix. There's no other uh, competition for saves. He, you think he's just a clear guy in there right now, and Minter goes back to a high leverage setup man role. Yeah, I, you know, it should it should be that way. But I still think, especially early on, or you know, in the next few weeks, they're they're probably going to you know take it easy with Iglesias, and you know, I I could see Minter getting a save or two probably more like a more likely one save you know a week or or you know every other week so um i still think he's worth dropping in, in most mixed leagues but uh you know if if you're in a deeper league and you you know i i think minter's bet he's pitched a lot better than his era shows and i do think that there's some value there in the strikeouts and sh- what should be low ratios but um it's going to be, yeah, Iglesias is going to be the closer moving forward. I, th- I thought they would go easy on him too. And then they immediately used him in back-to-back days right after he was activated. So I don't know. Uh, maybe the maybe the Braves are ready to just put him right back to work. But yeah, M- you mentioned Minter's ERA, seven and a half right now. Really not something that you want on your team. But, you know, it's it's... It's about projecting how well they're going to pitch going forward. And I think Minter's pretty trustworthy and he should be a, a great holds candidate and saves plus holds candidate. But yeah, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's a guy that you want to continue to hold at, in a saves only league, especially when you have Nick Anderson there who could steal some mm-hmm. save opportunities as well. But yeah, Rizal Iglesias is definitely a must roster in 100% of leagues. Yes, completely agree. He's been we've been hyping him up throughout the season. He was one of our favorite, uh, at least of the early top five targets. So it's nice to see him get right back into the mix and uh, take it over. If you have Minter in a holds league, don't drop him. He'll keep staying that eighth inning role, kind of the high leverage mixing with Nick Anderson. But saves league, I'd probably agree with you, Jake. He's just he's a drop now. He's not going to be getting any saves outside of a. Uh, Rise Lovelace has worked his two straight days or something like that. So, Some other transactions of note. Sam Henches was activated from the 15-day aisle after left shoulder inflammation. Keegan Aiken, one of our preseason names because he was high up on PLV of one of his pitches. He was optioned to be minor leagues. Jimmy Harrogate, my prediction to lead the Angels in saves shows how much I know. He was recalled from the minors, so the dream's still alive, fellas. The dream's still alive. Uh, Andre Piante, 
activate recalled from the minors for the Cardinals. Jake Diekman signs a major league contract with Tampa Bay Rays to replace Clevenger. And Andrew Bellotti activated from 15-day IL. The same question we asked for the other guys. Does any of these have sort of fantasy viability? Anything you're monitoring from these transactions? Uh, Sam Henschkes, or Hensch, Henschkes is, um, <laughs> however you pronounce that, I apologize. <laughs> but um, that's a name that I should know and you should know because he is, you know, he wound up being, I think, a top 15 holds guy for me last year at the, the end of the year. Um, really, really good lefty for the Cleveland bullpen. Um, definitely someone you want to you want to look at if you're in holds leagues, especially with you know. I I don't think anyone in that bullpen's really pitched up to up to par up to what we were expecting. So, uh, he could he could move. I think he already has pretty much been thrown right into the holds mix. So, uh, definitely someone to look at. Yeah, and then uh, for a couple of the other guys, Jimmy Herget recalled i mean he was like possibly considered the best reliever in anaheim last year and it's not been that the case this year and he actually struggled when he was in the minors as well so i don't have too much faith in him recovering his status there especially with how carlos estevez and matt moore are pitching and payante was actually really good for the cardinals last year in a breakout he was one of the early guys that was sent down that we were really surprised about so he could definitely work his way into the holds mix there it's been a pretty tough start to the major league season for him, but he was very solid in triple A and he was actually striking out a lot of guys, which is something he's never done in his career. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. And then Jake Diekman, my, uh, my co-host in the free baseball podcast said, uh, sent me a, a, a tweet and was just like, Oh, Jake Diekman got uh, signed by the Rays. They're going to turn him into the next Billy Wagner or something. And I was like, yeah, sure. They, they are. <laughs> I feel like Jake Diekman's going to be a name we're going to be talking about in, if we're still doing this podcast a year or two from now for who's that closer. Just a guy who's been on so many teams. And it's like, oh, yeah, he was uh, once did a little bit of things. He's just a guy who's been bouncing all, all around the league. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a name that's on like. with the A's was crazy. Yeah. 2020 itself was just, uh, was just <laughs> crazy. But yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I still want to hold on to the dream of Jimmy Harrogate being viable because I had that call on our preseason prediction show that he would lead the team in saves and just because I wasn't fully trusting Estevez towards late in the season I'll call that wrong but I like the mention of Payante too he's a Presley's you know he's looking okay better of late but I'm not saying he'll take over the closer job but he can move up especially if Gallegos also uh, being a bit inconsistent at time this year too so let's go over to the risers and fallers and ranks. We talked about the transactions, but as usual, we'll go to the three up, three down. Rick, we'll start with you. Give me one riser and the ranks from the past week. Um, I'll start with I'll start with Evan Phillips. I, I think um, you know, he's really settled into the closer role there. And like, you know, Dave Roberts was a little reluctant in the beginning of the season to put his best reliever in the closer role, but you know, since returning from the paternity paternity leave, he's um, allowed just one hit, two walks, strikes striking out eight, and he's had he has three saves and he's five on the year. So, uh, Gratterall continues. You know, he's he's more of a, in a setup role right now. He hasn't. You know, he's gonna be when Phillips isn't available. He'll he'll close out games, but I don't think Gratterall needs to be rostered in leagues that don't count holds at this point. I think this is Phillips show, um, at least for now. I'm sure they'll, they'll look at, you know, adding pieces throughout the year. That's what the Dodgers do. But I think Phillips is the guy now. And, you know, 
given what he did last year and what he's doing this year, he's definitely worth you know being rostered in pretty much every league. Yeah, last year he had a 1.14 ERA across 63 innings. This year, 2.19, a full run higher, but he's striking out more batters than he did last year, walking the same amount of batters. Uh, He's pretty safe. Whatever he figured out last year, it has clearly carried over into this year. And as long as, like you said, as long as Dave Roberts trusts him over the rest of the bullpen or, or prefers to use him in the ninth inning, then he'll be very valuable because contrary to my hopes and dreams, the Dodgers have still been good, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah. I think with the early victory lap uh, or Bruce Arger at all, I think that dreams over mm-hmm. again. Same thing we said about, um, about some other guys in the pen about, excuse me with uh, AJ Minter. Don't mm-hmm. drop him if you're in a safe holds league. Gradwell is still going to be very good for that. But for saves only, it's clear Phillips taking the job. Like you said, he's come right back and gotten a few saves right away. It's it's his job to, to lose at this point. And I'm happy to see that it's finally coming to how we were sort of hoping it to. So, Jake, we'll go over to you. Who is someone who would rise in your ranks uh, based on their past week? Well, we'll go to the Dodgers rivals. We'll go to the Giants and we'll talk about Camilo Duvall. Um, he was a guy that I was skeptical about coming into the season because of their signing of Taylor Rogers, who has not been able to recover what he lost after being traded at the deadline last year. And that sort of has left Duvall to have the closer role to himself. There's not too many options in that bullpen with like Tyler Rogers being their best secondary option and everybody else having an ERA over five. Tyler Rogers isn't really the closer type, but he is a great holds candidate. But Duvall has just been super dominant. Just his stuff is is playing just as well as it has in the past. He's been going to more to his uh his sinker a little more often rather than the cutter. And that has helped him get a lot of ground balls. He's up to a 63.5% ground ball rate, which is 30th amongst relievers very good in that department and that pairs very nicely with his ability to strike batters out he's at 33 percent right now which is higher than it was last year and just about as high as it was in his rookie year when he wasn't really the closer so i have a lot of faith that not only is he going to still be really good because his stuff is incredible the guy throws gas and he's like i said gets a lot of strikeouts and ground balls but also he doesn't have a lot of competition it seems like gabe kapler is pretty set on trusting him in the ninth inning and now he's sort of getting up there in age where he's like he's 25 now you're not really worried about his arm falling off or or worried about restricting his innings because now you've had him on the roster for three years you're sort of getting into that those years of uh, control. So it's might as well use them now or never, but yeah, I have a lot of faith that he's going to continue to be one of the most underrated relievers in baseball. I, I feel like he's uh what Camilo Duvall wish he could be just on a, a, a slightly worse team. Yeah. Camilo Duvall rose up to 15 for Rick in his ranks for this past week. And it's another guy who started. He's continuing to take that job and run with it. And everything Jake said is a, uh, it's true. He's been really, really good of late. Rick, did you have anything more you wanted to add about him? Or? No, J- Jake kind of nailed it there. Um, you know, I, he probably could go higher. I, I think there's, you know, even with a couple injuries, there are, there's a pretty, you know, just because he's at 15, I still do like him. And if, like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I would not mind rostering him at all. It's just, you know, um, yeah, he's he's you know the cutter and the slider are you know dominant weapons, and yeah, the sinker is you know a great ground ball pitch. So um, 
he's he's really as long as he just if he could just start you know limiting some of the hard contact then then i think we're we're getting somewhere there yeah and my riser for this week it's gonna be up knife to the, off three of our backs because it affects our boy pete fairbanks it's jason madam you always know if tampa bay when you know fairbanks out maybe they go to a committee maybe they don't stick with one particular guy that's not the case. Jason Madden already has four saves this month on just 11 days into May. Yes, Pete Fairbanks is going to be back fairly soon. He started to play catch and it seems like it's going to be a, a minimum stay on the IL. But with how good Jason Adam has looked, as much as we love him, I can't say for certain that they're going to just all of a sudden give the, give the job right back to Pete Fairbanks. They might go to a, back to a lethal one, two in the back end and continue to be the best team in baseball at this point have two dominant relievers in the back end of their pens so that might hurt us for fantasy but that makes Jason Adam rosterable in pretty much all leagues even if he's getting 50% of the raised saves that's a lot more saves than you're getting from a lot of guys so I, I think Jason Adam even when Fairbanks gets back has put himself into pretty much must roster territory and he's looked really really good at this point so I think he's a major riser you guys have anything more you want to add about Adam do you Share that opinion. You think Fairbanks comes back and takes the job right back, or is it going to go back to what we love about Tampa Bay? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's going to go right back to Fairbanks. I don't know. I don't know what Jake thinks, but I I think it's this the way that things work. There, it's either going to be a committee or Adams going to continue in the role. I mean, Fairbanks has been at his best when it's been when he's been in a setup role in the past. So I don't know. Uh, Maybe they just they just you know bring him back and ease him into that role, or yeah. Maybe they go to a committee, but I, I think Adam is right now the the one that I would rather have on my roster. I'll never quit my boy. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think Adam is sort of in that same boat as Evan Phillips, where it's like not everybody really believed in last year's breakout, but they've really proven so far that it is real. He's been he's got an ERA lower than it was last year. He's striking out more batters than he did, or just about the same amount of batters that he did last year, but. I the one concern I have is his fastball is down a mile an hour th- from last year, so that's sort of a big thing. I, there's a lot of underlying metrics like PLV and expected ERA that suggest he's been pretty unlucky so far. So that's my only concern. But you know the Rays know how to use their guys. I think the biggest hope for Fairbanks is that they do see Jason Adam as the best reliever, and they do the classic Rays thing of not letting him close out games. So then Fairbanks just gets to be the closer. Um, even even though he's not the the best guy on there because they prefer using their best closer in more of a high leverage role. As these guys move up in the ranks, unfortunately, if how rankings work, people are going to have to fall. And this week we saw quite a few guys go down, including some guys who were at one point on the other side of this list. So, Jake, let's start with you this time. Who, in your mind, is the biggest uh, faller from the past week? Uh, I think it's got to be Kyle Finnegan. I I don't know how he still has this role in Washington. He's been pitching absolutely awfully. He does have seven saves, which is great, and especially on a team as bad as the Nationals. It's pretty incredible. The guy has a 6.75 ERA and a 1.95 whip. I don't know which is worse. I think... I think the whip might be worse. That's that's terrible. He's struck out less than 20% of batters and walked more than 14% of batters, and he just gives up tons of hard contact and really doesn't have anything to make up for it. I don't know why they won't do it, but it's any day now we're going to see Hunter Harvey take over that role. Um, so if you're looking for prospective saves, I think Hunter Harvey is that guy. He just He got the team's last save, so I do feel pretty confident that 
that is the start of him taking over that role. And right now he completely deserves it. He's got a two, three, zero ERA and a 30% strikeout rate doing basically exactly what you guys had both hoped throughout the preseason. So right now I, I got Finnegan dropping hard and Hunter Harvey sneakily rising and hopefully we'll be in these ranks next week. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I would have to, I mean, it's, Finnegan, right when I thought, you know, I thought he was starting to kind of turn things around and mm-hmm. then uh, he just his blow ups are really bad. And that's, yeah. you know, they're that not just one. one? Yeah, oh they're not just one or two runs. I mean, they're he really lets it <laughs> lets it loose. Um, yeah, I think Har- Harvey's been pitching really well lately. Uh, he got a save. Yeah, the, like you said, he got a save the next day. So. I think I'm, it's not. I think it's too early to call that uh, cha- make that change. But I, I think that's you know a Harvey Harvey for Finnegan swap is definitely coming sooner rather than later. As we're talking about this, I am currently going through my uh, NFBC leagues and trying to see if Hunter Harvey is available because I might nice. want to go stash him. If you're in a deeper league, do that. If you're in a saves plus holds league, it's so tough to roster a second Washington National reliever because they're so not good but i think if you want to try and get ahead of the game if he's he's worth that at this point and i'm looking forward to you know having that call hopefully turn out in our favor so go get yourself some hunter harvey i think there's he said it's only a matter of time before he takes on over rick there's actually someone on the list who moved down more quote-unquote spots over the past week so who's your biggest faller from the past week so the biggest faller from this past week would be um, Andrew Chafin. And that one, you know, hurts a little bit because the the underlying metrics are still good with him. I'm not ready to panic, especially in holds leagues. But just, you know, in saves leagues, the fact that he wasn't already the closer, um, you know, having having he had, a, you know, a rough outing and they went to Miguel Castro the next day for a save who also ended up blowing that save. Um, but yeah, for Chafin, I, I I feel like Joe Mantiply season might become all star. Sorry, all star Joe Mantiply season. Good call. Might be uh might be coming back, and uh, you know he, I don't know. It's just been a frustrating situation because I kind of do like all. I like Chafin. I like Mantiply. I like Castro, but it's like when they get into a save situation, none of them wants to. You know, they're they're just not converting these saves so uh, I think Mantiply might get the next situation or the next spot and yeah I, I, I we'll see this is going to be a big week um, you know by the next time we talk hopefully we get some more clarity on this but um, yeah Chafin's role whatever you know his role was it's it's not looking great right now what do you like about Castro right now um <laughs> What do I like about him right now? The fact that he's getting outs pretty much. I know the underlying <laughs> the underlying metrics aren't exactly mm-hmm. um, showing anything. He isn't getting, you know, I thought we talked about, you know, going to Brent Strom. He's going to, you know, he's going to work magic with his slider and, you know, he's going to lead to more strikeouts and whatnot, which really hasn't yet. So I just think, you know, th- those are the only three that seem to be trusted. And even Mantiply didn't really, it, it kind of took him a while, a minute once, when, when he came back off the IL. So, um, you know, McGow's really kind of fallen, or McGuff's really been falling off that, that mm-hmm. like committee. So I think it's those three. And 
it's pro- one of the two lefties should be the closer and yes. they should just stick with it. Yeah, those those are clearly the two best guys, and I think All Star Joe Mantiply probably deserves it. Um, just with the way that Chafin's pitched this week, and Mantiply's looking like last year's Mantiply again. Is Chafin still the guy you'd want most if you had the roster one Diamondback reliever? I think so, just because he's been the guy getting the the saves in the past. But I don't know. Uh, like the the big thing about Mantiply is that he doesn't walk anybody, and so far he has walked zero guys. So he's he's looking mm. like Mantiply of of old, and he's wa- he's striking out more batters than he did last year. I feel pretty confident that he's gonna either be the same as he was last year or better. And if that sort of consistency gives more faith to Tori Lavulo, then maybe that that makes it i don't it's it's hard it's one of those things where it's like chafin's got the higher strikeout ability mantiply might be more safe but mantiply hasn't gotten any saves while chafin has five so it's sort of yeah. hard to decide right now like do you go with who the manager is using and who has gotten the saves in the past or you go with the guy you try to go with the prospective saves guy so i i think i would wait you know uh, another week before i start to see or just see who gets the next save and then go from there but I feel like I'd prefer Mantiply there just because he's he's safer as mm. as the closer, not as the guy that I'd pick up. Yeah. And a final faller for me, it's it's AJ Puck right now, and you know maybe defense is to blame for this, but Thursday and Saturday he gave up five runs in an inning of work between the combined between the two days. He picked up a save on Wednesday, so I saw some fears. He's still striking guys out, but we know the Marlins have kind of been. Very ready. They've got a bunch of relievers in the back end. And one of the guys we're going to mention uh, later on in the holds guys has been having a, a great season and starting to really rise up in terms of a adoption there. But um, you know, there's some, been some warning signs, man. I know I'm sure you guys want to go a little more in depth, but I don't know if I'm fully concerned where I'm going to be dropping uh, AJ Puck, but you know, I'm getting, getting a little worried. And, and should I be if I'm the AJ Puck manager? Yeah, I think it's like uh, it's um, I forget we we kind of used the term a couple weeks ago where it's not it's like bubbling, it's boiling, it's not like we're not ready, it's simmering, it's we're it's not ready to be you know we're not fully panicked yet, but I think there's just thing like I mean all right so a three point five xfip one point two three whip and a twenty nine percent k rate all things that aren't bad, but there's a lot of good closers right now, and that's just you know how it is and you know he's coming off a couple a blown save um last week so that being the case i i feel like you know with him he wasn't locked into the closer role it's not like someone who i don't think at least i don't think miami would be you know afraid to move on to you know switch things up there so um you know tanner scott's also pitched well lately but yeah who oscar razabon's been great and you know there, there's just other options here so you know it's like a, another bad week from puck could could be the end of his closer closer run there dang that's uh that's pretty ruthless i i feel pretty confident in him still just he, he's just striking out more batters than ever and walking fewer batters than ever and, and that, that was sort of one of the things that held him back in the past in his career was just not being able to throw enough strikes and now he's down to a sub five percent walk rate which is incredible because that means his strikeout minus walk rate is nearly 25 percent, which is elite and so that's usually the number that i'll look at you know it's very hard to trust any of the other numbers for relievers in general because they have such small sample sizes but he's currently at 14 innings so it's really hard to trust really anything like the the uh 
I don't know, ground ball rate or, or FIP and that kind of stuff. So I usually go with the most rudimentary stuff and strikeout and walk rates. And right now those are the best of his career. So I have to feel pretty confident there. I don't feel too great about the rest of that bullpen. You mentioned a few guys that are pretty interesting and Dylan Floro's looking great uh, as usual, but I, I do feel pretty confident that, you know, they, they got him for a reason that they, they, he's been doing it basically exactly what they've wanted him to do outside of that one blow up. So yeah, definitely don't, consider him a top 10 closer in baseball right now, but I still think he's like top 15 or borderline top 15, which is definitely not somebody you're going to consider dropping anytime soon. All right, we're going to take a little quick break. When we get back, we're going to start going into some of these holds risers. We talked enough about the closers and people are rising up in the ranks there. We'll dive into some cl- setup men and some holds guys who are worth monitoring and possibly adding to your fantasy roster. All that more on In the Pen. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right. A lot's been going around on Twitter about one particular Baltimore reliever with Yenir Cano. So we figured it's time we should actually talk about him and talk about why he's having the success he's having. And outside of just him, who are some other holds guys that we should be monitoring and possibly adding to our teams at this point in the season. So Rick's the floor, the floor is yours. Let's uh, tell I'll, me what's talk about Cano and maybe some other guys. Uh, yeah, I, I know Jake was really excited about Cano. I, I'll leave Cano for Jake. Um, let's do it. Uh, but yeah, I, I will just, I mean, I moved him up to my top holds to the top of my holds ranks today. And I didn't think that was going to happen this quick in the season, but I mean, he is just—he's spe- he's special. What he's doing right now. So, um, but there's there's other guys that I think you know might be getting slept on a little bit right now. I mean, I really like—I I, maybe I'm wrong here—but Matt Brash, he's got a 5.4 ERA and a 1.62 WHIP, which is gross. No one likes that, but uh, he does have 33 strikeouts and 16.2 innings. Um, and, you know, his stuff is just it's unhittable. And it's not like he's it's not like the walks have been an issue. It's not like he's walking the yard. That's why he's you know, his ratios are so bad. It's really just a lot of, um, you know, bad luck, really. And my concern is, well, my concern was and we didn't mention this. We probably should have about Andres Munoz being out. He's going to be out a little bit longer than we had expected. So that kind of opens up that that whole that setup role. You know, Justin Topas top has been really good this year. Uh, he's definitely in the mix for one of those, you know, seventh, eighth inning roles. But I think Brash should be the other guy that we can count on for holds here. And I think, you know, the the 
underlying metrics are show, you know show that Brash should be better than what he is right now and you know a 42.3% K rate is you know I'll take that any day no matter what the ratios are and deeper you know holds leagues and just you know hope that things turn you know not hope but like expect that things are going to turn around cuz you know a 2.04 xfip to go with a 5.4 year array I mean things will get better here so Brash is definitely if he's still av- if he's someone you know got rid of him uh in your holds leagues then you know Go pick him up now before things turn around because he won't be on the waiver wire long. I mean, okay, here okay, I finally found his BABIP is 5.5, 5.56 BABIP for the season for Brash. So that's obviously unsustainable. Um, really? And <laughs> I don't know. Hey, you, you don't know. know. You know, his BABIP, his BABIP over two years is 4.01. Maybe it's just what he does, but... Uh, <laughs> Um, no, it should, it's, it's going to come down. And I think there's a really good reliever here that, you know, we're going to be talking about in the second half of the year. For sure. Yeah. His, if you ever, if you've ever watched him pitch, I know you guys have, but talking to the listeners, if you guys have ever watched him pitch, Brash has got some of the nastiest stuff in all of baseball. Like not only does he throw upper nineties, but his, his curveball and his slider are disgusting to watch like you do not watch those while you're at work you might have to go talk to hr but um yeah i i totally agree he's been super unlucky a 556 babip is absolutely unsustainable unsustainable and ridiculous but yeah he's uh definitely going to be underrated because of where his era currently stands but you know we won't bury the lead anymore we can talk about yeni or cano now um absolutely incredible at what he's been doing. He has not allowed a run yet through 18 and two thirds innings, which I think he's the only guy with at least 10 innings to do that. He's also got the lowest whip amongst anybody with at least 10 innings right now that Mark stands at one 0.16. He's allowed, I think four base runners and none of them have been walks three hits and one hit by pitch, which means that he has a beautiful strikeout minus walk ratio of 38.6% because he's struck out 38.6% of batters. So big strikeout guy. He's a big guy in general, sort of same size as Felix Bautista. So if that's something that factors in your player development, he's definitely an imposing force on the mound. The thing is like his stuff isn't uh, overpowering is the wrong word because obviously it has been so far, but it's not like he's throwing like a hundred miles an hour or he's, I don't know, breaking off like nasty breaking balls. He's like a sinker changeup guy. And one is just faster than the other. And it works really well. Both of them have a ton of movement the, the sinker and the changeup both right out in the 90th percentile or higher on PLV. So both of those are great pitches. The, the sinker sort of a turbo sinker. So that's also allowed him to get a ton of ground balls, 78.1% ground ball rate right now. That's like clay home status of last year. He's third amongst relievers. So Getting a lot of strikeouts, not walking anybody. Uh, Two pitch guy where both of the pitches are clearly elite, and the ground ball rate just uh, through the roof right now. And uh, f- from a, a tweet from Ryland Dominguez on Twitter at Ryland Dominguez, he's pretty much just improved his sinker efficiency, his sinker spin efficiency, which has made the pitch super good. Uh, weighted stuff plus has the pitch as the best sinker in all of baseball. I think the best fastball in the game right now, which is bonkers. Um, he, he throws from like a funky arm slot too, which definitely makes his stuff play up a little bit. But at 29, that, that's not really the age you think of breakout relievers, but that, that's really the case for him right now. And clearly uh, the caveat, you know, he's not going to keep up a zero ERA throughout the season, but wait, he's not, is this, no, it's not sustainable in that front, but is this level of like, 
like uh, base runner prevention and, and, and hard hit prevention and, and ground balls uh, inducing all these ground balls and strikeouts and not walking anybody. Is that sustainable? I, I think so. If he's got the, this sort of control over his pitches, obviously he's in a role right now, but I, I think he's got to be rostered in every league. And I think even in every league that doesn't even count holds, you know, I, I picked him up in uh, a 12 team head to head categories league that does not count holds. And, you know, he, he's just there to improve my ratios and get strikeouts and vulture the saves when Felix Bautista isn't there. I think the biggest question right now though, is Felix Bautista's job in jeopardy. I hope not. Someone who has uh, Felix Bautista in a few leagues, um, I'd like to see him keep the job. I don't think it's going to get to that level, but you know, if he keeps this up, I guess it's always possible that they go the Tampa Bay route and it's a two-man show. But mm. I would agree with you that in most leagues, you need to get him 100% in saves, holds league, and you know your deeper leagues that are don't have that are just saves ratio wise he, he's been pretty good so uh, i think he's getting very close to that must roster uh, territory i'd agree yeah he's been great especially the, like i've been you know him working multiple innings lately in some of these games i mean he's been he's been a great find for all of you you who are in points leagues he is he's like the reliever to have there because He's going to get saves. He's going to get holes. He's going to work multiple innings. He's going to get strikeouts, and he's not going to allow base runners. So he's a he's a great holds uh, points league target. So let's keep it going here. I know Cano's the main guy that deserves to be rostered, and Matt Brash is kind of Rick's favorite. So outside of a uh, Matt Brash, Jake, who's your next favorite in terms of a rising holds guy? Someone that you're really keeping a close eye on? want to try and add in a vast majority of your leaks uh honestly and, and that same note that rick was talking about about guys for holds leagues i think nick martinez or for points leagues i think nick martinez is actually pretty interesting since he moved to the bullpen we know that he was a starter to begin the year he sort of did the same thing last year started a reliever to starter and i i feel pretty confident that he is better as a reliever than as a starter he's pretty meh as a starter and pretty awesome as a reliever to be honest but He's not like a huge strikeout guy, but his ability to go multiple innings and just be really solid in a bullpen that has lost a lot of guys right now. They had, uh, um, I forgot his name. Who was the guy that they had? Robert Suarez. They had Robert Suarez at the beginning of the year. He's He's gone down. Steven Wilson started off the year really strong, and he's sort of faltered a little bit recently. The same can be said about Luis Garcia. So it's like their top three holds options have now been either – fallen off recently or injured so that's allowed nick martinez to really jump up quickly and then grab three holds across the past week his stuff is not going to overwhelm anybody but his ability to get ground balls and induce weak contact is super valuable and i just love the fact that either he's going to be pitching like the eighth inning like he could vulture a save or he can come in there and be that long guy because we know he's pretty stretched out so he, he can go multiple innings if necessary and i feel like that's pretty valuable across a lot of leagues yeah I, I, I'm very intrigued with that and we know the Padres are going to be right up there and with all the underperformance I, I think Nick Martinez is a, a great name to keep an eye on Rick anybody else you want to uh, throw out there as uh, you know your favorite holds yeah. candidate at this point in the, in the season yeah um, I mean you know I there's a couple names on this list that we've talked about and you know, 
but uh, I think you we mentioned him earlier who Oscar Brazaban for Marlins might not be a huge strikeout guy um doesn't miss you know he's not gonna lead the league and miss bats anytime soon but he has done a great job he's got a you know a sinker cutter change up mix he's done a great job limiting hard hard contact this year only a 14.4 percent hard contact rate um which is you know led to a you know great 2.44 xera um you know he's his ground ball rates up a little bit uh over 52 percent and you know he, he either even if he's not in a closer role i think he's started to work himself into being a seventh eighth inning guy in, in miami and it's you know he he kind of te- I remember looking at some of the you know underlying metrics from guys last year and he only he pitched in twenty seven games and had an eighteen point two percent swinging strike rate last year which kind of caught my eye entering the year and then you know I wasn't sure whether or not he was even going to make the team out of spring training so it's it's great to see him at thirty three years old we were talking about it in the Discord today it's you know he's a rookie at thirty three years old poor guys he can't he's not going to hit free agency until he's thirty nine. Um, but, you know, he, it's great to see him kind of breaking out in, you know, a small sample, but still still a breakout, I, I guess. We we're, in, we're in May now. So um, I think, you know, holds leagues. He's, he's someone to definitely keep an eye on. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be a homer, too, and throw out one other guy up. He, Ian Hamilton is a name who's been really, you mentioned him on your holds list, and uh it's been extremely impressive. You saw uh, when Michael King couldn't go back to back games, they brought him in for the save the other day. They brought him in a very high leverage first and third, nobody out against the A's in a, I believe a two run game. He got out of the inning. That's Slambio and just everything out there. You go to his savant page or his pitcher list player page. Everything's in the red 82nd percentile in average velocity, 84th percentile in X batting average, 90th percentile in K percentage, 83rd percentile in chase rate. He's limiting. He's striking people out. Limiting hard contact, everything you want from a reliever, and he's quickly moving up in terms of the uh, circle of trust for Aaron Boone. So while King's probably the best reliever in the pen right now, and you know, Clay Holmes, I don't think is going fully away in terms of saves or holds. Ian Hamilton's going into that. He might we talk about Ron Marinaccio taking over the Michael King role. Ian Hamilton might be the guy who gets into that role of uh, what they wanted King to be from last season, what Luizaga was supposed to be, and just be that high leverage reliever. And I, I think the Yankees will turn things around and get you some more save opportunities soon. So I think Ian Hamilton's a name that maybe you don't add fully yet, but circle him, put him on the watch list. What we've seen so far from him has been extremely impressive. Yeah, that was like one of those guys that gets a save, and you're like, wait, who who, yeah. who got the save? Mm-hmm. Uh. Great find by the Yankees, though. I mean, this is we talk about like I mean, guys that come out of nowhere. Here's another one in Hamilton. I, 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 and I didn't really, I wasn't sure if I believed it yet right away either. But I mean, we're again, we're a month into the season. There's 20 innings pitched already for him, and yeah, like you said, the you know the everything's red. Everything's still red. He, you know, fastball velocity looks good, 96 miles per hour, and um, yeah, he's been able to get a, a bunch of swing and misses this year. So it's you know good find by the Yankees and someone they really needed to, you know, they really need because that, that bullpen is, is hurting right now. Mm-hmm. One guy that's not on the um, list that we have on our rundown that I think is worth sort of mentioning just because of a, a change in, in skills, maybe not skills, but a change in approach is Nate Pearson. I know he was like 
one of the top starting pitching prospects, sort of in like the same vein as Michael Kopech, where just like he threw really hard as a starter. And that like used to be really cool like five years ago. And now it's like pretty normal. But now he's really transitioned full time into the bullpen role. And his big setback in the past was always just walking way too many batters. Like his previous two times in the minors or in the majors uh, in 2021 and 2020, he walked more than 16% of batters in both instances and so far he's cut that he's walked a quarter of that many batters obviously it's been five innings thus far but to see him throwing strikes that's that's pretty promising he's not getting as many strikeouts because obviously he's not throwing out of the zone as much but to see him walking that few batters is pretty interesting because that was like the one thing that was like all right well he throws hard he strikes out a lot of guys he's got a lot of potential but you know he walks the whole world and now it's like i don't know he could jump up pretty high in that bullpen pretty quickly obviously eric swanson and jordan romano are ahead of him but we're talking about holds and i think nate pearson is a guy like that and he obviously also has the ability to go multiple innings if if necessary i really like that call and I'm not saying Romano's going to lose a job, but we see him blow up a save or two in re- recently. And so while he's still the guy, it's there's a lot of room for moving up in that Toronto pen. I think Pearson, I, I've liked a lot what I've seen from him. So that's a really good, uh, really good call there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I mean, it's still, or I mean, he's only been up for like about five innings, but yeah, that's. Definitely a name to keep an eye on because there, there's a ton of talent there. So, yeah, good call out. Before we go into a break, I want to give a, a much-deserved congratulations to Kenley Jansen for his 400th <laughs> career save and, you know, touching 99 miles per hour, which is something we never thought we would say. Um, so, I mean, Kenley Jansen, we could have that debate of it's probably going around right now. Is Kenley Jansen a Hall of Famer? And it's probably saved for, for another show. But, you know... Much deserved shout. He probably could have been someone that we put up in the rising in the ranks. What we've seen from him this year has been uh, extremely impressive. Rick, you've been watching his team real closely. <laughs> uh, you had some skepticism about the 99 yeah. miles per hour now. But. No, no, I got up first of all because I, I talked, you know, I, I was a little down on him last week, and I have to say that I deserve to eat some crow for that because he has been great so since then. And, um, you know, as long as he stays healthy, I mean, I don't think we're going to see him throwing 99 the rest of the year, but um, it's, you know, it's great to see th- he's made some subtle changes or maybe not so subtle changes to his delivery. And he's a, he's like, a, he, he's a little bit more balanced, a little bit uh, direct to the plate and not, you know, I, I think that's really helped him out with his velocity ad- additions this year. Um, so that being said, maybe I'm still too low on him. Um, I, I think you know, more maybe yesterday. Maybe yesterday he was just you know amped up for say four hundred pitching in Atlanta where he was last year. Who knows? But I mean, I, I still you know Jansen's going to be probably higher up on the list next week. Um, as long as nothing bad happens this weekend, but is there's still just you know there's a lot of good relievers in front of him. That's all I'll say. Yeah. And 99 with quotation marks. He was 98.7. Sorry to take that away from him. But yeah, you mentioned that the gun was hot too. So even that might be uh, questionable. So 
but yeah, still pretty incredible. <laughs> my, I was telling you guys before the the podcast that my co-host for free baseball was just like, uh, when did Kenley Jansen start throwing 99? And I was like, yesterday, he, he does not throw 99, <laughs> but that it is pretty incredible to see a guy of his age who's thrown so many innings to just, I, I just have a night like that. He seems like a guy that's like always re- relied super heavily on his mechanics. Cause that was like a thing when he was with the Dodgers where, he was just losing velocity and it just seemed like he just needed the the time to figure out his mechanics. And I think one of the big things was we were really concerned about that pitch clock with him because he was like the slowest moving reliever or even pitcher in all of baseball. And, you know, to, to his credit, it hasn't affected him like we thought it would. And so it's pretty impressive. And, uh, you know, I'll just answer that Hall of Fame question. I think it's a yes. Yeah, I think it's very borderline i want to see how the last next last couple of years of his career wrap up but uh, he keeps things up he gets you know he keeps up with another few years of 30 saves he gets to the 450 save mark and i think that puts him pretty squarely into the conversation and a likely likely yes so congratulations to kenley jansen i'll join rick and eating some crow i don't have many leagues and the way the red Sox are playing and the way he's pitching I regret it. I wish I had a few shares of Kenley Jansen, something I didn't expect to fully say this year. So we'll take one final break. When we get back, we got a few mailbag questions we want to get to, and we'll wrap up the show with another episode of everyone's favorite uh, segment, Who's That Closer? All right, we've threw out in Discord a few for some mailbags, and we got a few responses from the Discord, so we want to make sure we address them before we wrap up the show. First one is from Little Piranha. Is Alzali finally the closer in Chicago? Jake, I'm going to let you uh, take this one because you've had the most to say about the Cubs' closed situation this season. So what's your current read? Is, is Alzali a favorite for Chicago at this point? Uh, I say yes. Uh, he's definitely the guy that I'm targeting in leagues right now. So I, I sure hope so because <laughs> my leagues are pretty reliant on it right now, but you know, I, he's not had the best skills in that bullpen. I think Mark Leiter jr. Obviously pitching incredibly, but we, we've sort of had this conversation throughout the year about the Cubs bullpen, about how they're super right-handed heavy and not only right-handed heavily, but literally just only have right-handers in that bullpen. And Mark Leiter Jr. Fix, fits that role as well. He is also right-hander, but Rick made the uh, astute observation that Leiter Jr. is sort of the team's lefty specialist because he has uh, reverse splits. So he's better against left-handers than right-handers. And the fact that they have no other guys in the bullpen that are lefties sort of pinholes lighter into a role where he sort of has to be that lefty specialist to get get the left handers out and while that doesn't obviously that doesn't preclude him from being the closer you know you could still use a left hander you're the only left hander in a bullpen as the closer but it does sort of take away from that and also you have the consideration that if he is considered the best reliever in the bullpen maybe he's the high leverage guy instead but i think Albert Azale is the closer of the future he's been very solid this season i think he's got some more strikeout potential left in the bag he's at like 26% right now but i think he can pick it up a little bit but he's he's been great he, he also can go multiple innings as well he's he's the guy that i'm targeting right now i think it's Difficult to count out Michael Fulmer fully as well. But yeah, those three, Leiter, Alzale, and Fulmer are the ones that are candidates right now. And I, I think I'm going with uh, the young gun. Yeah, Jake nailed it. I have nothing else to say. Perfect. Yeah, I think uh, another guy, if he's out there in your leagues, Alzale needs to be the guy you stash at this point. So, Rick, we'll turn this one over to you. How much concern is there for Josh Hader after he's blown his last two save chances? Do you have any... Hmm. Any concern of him or 
you know, did you move him in the ranks at, at this point? I don't think so. If I did, it was minimal. I, I have him. I still think I have him at like three. Um, yeah, I think I, I'm not concerned yet. I, I think it's, you know, a little, I want to say fluky, but, um, you know, it's not like he's getting blown up. It's just been, you know, hits one home run and then a walk and a hit. And, you know, I, I think he'll be okay. Um, and they need him to be. I mean, they're not going to run there. There's no options there. This is Josh Hader's going to be the closer no matter what. I mean, he would have to really, really, he'd have to have basically do what he did last year from July to August. But I don't think we're there yet. He, the velocity is down this year, but I think he's been a better pitcher overall. So I'm not too concerned with anything right now. I mean, the walk rates low. It's or high. It's, it's always, he's always, you know, had a propensity to, to walk people and, annoying but i i don't it hasn't really killed him in the past that's not his big issue it's the home runs which you know two this or one this month the one when that blown save it um right for now i think it's just gonna it's just chalk it up as you know one a bad game and i i think we're we're moving on moving forward with him as a top closer still yeah, you're really concerning me by like even suggesting last year because I totally forgot yeah. that he was like <laughs> the best closer in baseball for like the first two months or so. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere just fell apart. And I, did we ever really figure out what was the problem? Was it really just like a slightly different release point that made him like one from go from the best pitcher in baseball mm. to the worst pitcher in baseball? Like it, it's pretty concerning that just like that small the tweak can turn him from somebody that's super elite to somebody that's not super elite or is bad as a matter of fact, yeah. but it's concerning that this is happening this early in the season. But right now you sort of got to bet on track record rather than just that, that couple of months, few months, uh, struggles last I th- year. I think the one thing though, it's not, I don't want to say concerning cause I didn't have exactly the highest expectations for him, but he, he's not like going back to being that 2021, that the, the early year, Josh Hader. I mean, his strikeout rate is is it's thirty six percent, which is great, but that's like you know we were used to him being in the forties, and you know a three point seven one x fips good, but it's it's you know swinging strike rate still under fifteen percent. I mean he's not the guy he used to be, but he's still pretty damn good, and I think just based on the team he pitches for, having the secure the 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 job security, I, I think he's still a top tier closer, just not the guy he was. That was also from Lil Piranha in the Discord. Next one, actually two part two questions from Deaner Williams in the Discord. The first is, can Pierce Johnson be valuable in the same way that Daniel Bard last year, even with Daniel Bard still on the Rockies? I feel like every week we have to mention Daniel Bard, even though we, you know, it's time we don't want to. So what's your read out in Colorado? Can Is Pierce Johnson going to be this year's Daniel Bard? I don't think he has the same... I, I I mean we were been, we've been down on Bard the, the, since the beginning of the show um or since the beginning of this year um but I I don't think Pierce Johnson has the type of upside that Bard at least had last year or showed last year I I I think you know Johnson really rely, he relies on his his curveball and his fa- his fastball is not good and not having a good fastball pitching at Coors is definitely going to be an issue um it's going to lead to problems eventually. So I, I think I wouldn't get, be too optimistic about him. He definitely has that role there and he's pitched well enough to, you know, there's nothing, 
to say to be concerned about yet but uh, it's it's not something i would expect to stick i don't know if you feel differently jake uh, no, I don't really want any relievers that pitch in Colorado for sure. That's like the the biggest thing there. But it is nice, you know, that he has the role. I, even in the past, when Daniel Bard was pitching really well, I was never if he was available or available for trade. I was never like, oh, give me some Daniel Bard because just pitching in Coors just makes it impossible to trust anyone. There's a reason why when Nick is doing the starting pitcher streaming rankings, even the aces that are pitching in Coors. There's like questionable starts. It's it's hard to uh it's hard to trust anybody pitching in the worst pitchers park in all of baseball. Um, but yeah, I mean Pierce Johnson, he basically just one does one thing well, and that's like strike batters out more than normal. He just like walks too many guys, and that that's like the big thing with uh, pitching in cores and walking a lot of guys is a bad combo because like when you do blow up, when you do allow that that one off home run or whatever, it's going to do damage because there's going to be guys on base, and that's going to be pretty concerning. The, the only thing that's like comfortable there is like if you've got great ratios on your team already and you're not really super worried about that, like you can stomach a guy with a four plus ERA that's probably going to stick throughout the year and you just need those saves and strikeouts, then yeah, this is the perfect guy for you because I, I don't see anybody else taking over the, the role, especially with the way Bud Black likes to work. He's very old school in that he trusts the veteran relievers and he, he's he's not going to like remove a guy from the role unless it's like gets really bad and so far Pierce Johnson has been about what you would expect pitching in course but yeah so I, I think there's just that that one situation where it's like if you've got great ratios elsewhere and you just need saves and, and strikeouts then this is the guy for you and last one from Dean or Williams I think we'll all give a give an answer this one um, pick one closer whose job is safe right now that will not be closing by August 1st. So Rick, we'll start with you. Give us a closer who, uh, Oh, you had to start with me. Oh no. Um, Ooh, that's a tough one. I, you know, I don't know why it's just, you know, we mentioned him earlier and you might be onto something and that's, uh, Felix Batista maybe because the, the walk rate's not sustainable right now. That's 17.6%. I don't care how many guys he's striking out. Uh, that walk rate needs to come down with, especially with Cano on, you know, on his heels right now. So I, 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 that, that's kind of my big swing at this because it could really be anyone, but I, I'm worried about what Batista, you know, the, his walk issues over the last few games. Jake, what about you? Yeah, I guess it's, it's me next. Um, yeah, that, that was actually a very good call because I was considering that one for sure. And uh, I'm just making sure I look through all the bullpen so I don't choose somebody that I that I don't actually think. I mean, we've talked about guys. I, th- this question is more so like a guy that's like really solid right now. That's like it, it's sort of like a was, hot take. I was going to say, yeah, I could say Zach Jackson, but I mean, what's the fun? Yeah, right. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, I could say Kyle Finnegan. <laughs> like there's there's lots of guys that you could say, uh, yeah, they're probably going to lose the role at some point. But I think I'm going to go with a really hot take one. And I think it's Jordan Romano as much as I want to go with. I was going to say that. I was going to say that. Okay, good. good That makes me feel better. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's very solid. I think he's like a, a great reliever. I don't think he's an elite reliever. He sort of gets that designation from fantasy managers and fantasy analysts because he's on such a good team that they're, Blue Jays are a great team and he's like the clear cut closer. And that just makes him an elite fantasy option. I don't think that makes him an elite closer. And when you have guys like Eric Swanson, who's doing exactly what he did last year, 
just being absolutely incredible. And the previously guy that we mentioned about Nate Pearson rising up the ranks, there's a little bit of competition there, competition that he didn't have the last couple of years. And if he continues to be more great than elite, then, or goes the other way and and is more, uh, okay. than than great. Then there's definitely a consideration there. Uh, just cause he's not striking out 30% of batters. He's close to it. And you know, he he's prone to blow ups every once in a while. We saw him blow his last save, but just the fact that there are a couple guys there that are trustworthy enough or, or have the potential to be elite relievers definitely has me thinking that, you know, if Jordan Romano goes the way of Josh Hader or Taylor Rogers last year, where it's a guy that we've trusted for so long and then out of nowhere just starts struggling, you know, they, they have options there and they're a team that's trying to be competitive. So they're not going to let him flounder for months on end uh, while they're trying to make the postseason. Yeah, I'll say Evan Phillips. I mean, he's he's been rising up. He's someone we mentioned, not from his own performance, but we still have Daniel Hudson winning in the wings, and we know the Dodgers are not going to hesitate to make a splash deadline if they need to. I could see them bringing in a pretty big reliever. So maybe it's not as hot takey, but I think he's in Rick's top ten. So I think that's a fairly safe, uh, safe reliever. So I'll say Evan Phillips is someone to uh, to monitor for this. But we'll wrap up the show as we've been doing the past few weeks with another episode of everyone's favorite uh, game show. Who's that closer? So, Jake, take it away. Sure. Yes. And uh, I already know that you guys uh, sort of figured this one out pretty quickly. So hopefully yeah. the uh, the listeners can do the same. So uh, I, I guess I'll just run through all of the hints um, and then you guys tell me the answer since you guys already know, surprisingly off. I literally I put the first <laughs> and Rick was like, "Oh, I know who it is." I was like, this no, is right in my it. wheelhouse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, same. Um, but yeah, let's let's start it off. This closer was drafted by the A's with the 40th overall pick in the 2004 draft out of the University of Texas. He was a legend at the University of mm-hmm. Texas. He's a right-handed pitcher. He debuted with Oakland in April of 2005. His nickname was Larry. I still don't really get that one. Maybe somebody can explain it to me later. Um, But his accolades include winning AL Rookie of the Year in his debut season in 2005. Uh, He was also a two-time All-Star, and he finished 23rd in AL MVP voting in that rookie year and 25th in NL MVP voting in 2009. This pitcher, this closer, pitched for four teams, Oakland, obviously, but also Colorado, uh, San Diego Padres, and the Los Angeles Angels. He recorded 30-plus saves five times in his career, and I think he had 40-plus two times. And his best season actually came in 2014, where he pitched for two teams, the Padres and the Angels. That year, he had 59 and a third innings pitch with 57 strikeouts to go along with a 1.37 ERA, a 0.94 whip, and 41 saves. And throughout his career, he had a 2.95 ERA, very impressive, mm-hmm. sub-3 ERA across the, the amount of innings that he pitched and he had 324 saves, which surprisingly places this guy 20th all time. And uh, who is this guy? That would be Houston street. Yep. Houston and he street. a low key legend. Yeah. I mean, the Texas was like where, I mean, he was just so dominant there. That was such a fun team. You're watching the calls world series back in his, his days there. Yeah, I got it as soon as I saw the rookie of the year. Just the Yankee fan, I remember it was him and uh, that was the year Robinson Cano debuted for the Yankees. Uh, being a little, you know, an eight-year-old <laughs> upset that my guy didn't win rookie of the year. But mm. um, I did not realize he was 20th all side. I didn't realize he had that many Crazy. saves. I kind of think right? of him as like a, not a one-and-done guy, but just like a few good years and he was done. I didn't realize how mm-hmm. 
consistent he truly was. He really I, was. I, I just re- seeing that I remember him a lot differently than his career actually was. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like a, a little bit of a Mark Melanson type career where you kind of mm-hmm. surprise. He's pitched for a bunch of teams, but he's you know getting say he was getting saves for every, pretty much everywhere he was, and yeah, like a really really good solid career. Not a big strikeout guy, but got the job done wherever he was. Yep. Yeah, think about it. how how would you tell, telling people, yeah, our closer is going to get a uh, fifty seven Ks and fifty nine innings. I don't know if yeah. that plays in a twenty twenty three. No, definitely not. I mean, Emmanuel Classe might be on that route, so we'll see. <laughs> this is this is very true. So that's gonna do it for this episode of In the Pen. As always, you can find all our work on pitcherlist.com. You have the reliever ranks, closers, holds, guys, close saves plus holds, anything you want for relievers, and of course fantasy baseball related, pitcherlist.com. Rick does a lot of does a great job with those ranks. Jake does a lot of hard work with those uh with the daily reliever articles, along with everyone else on our relief pitching staff. Jake, you have any other um articles you're currently working on i know you've done a lot of a lot outside of relievers lately so i want to give you a chance to plug that yeah i I think my next one won't come out until the beginning of june though i'll try to fit something in before then but uh i think i'm going to be writing about guys that are rising and falling in the strikeout and walk departments probably both for hitters pitchers and starters and relievers so that that'll be definitely something that's that's worth looking into just because I feel like oh, those are just some of the most reliable numbers to look at. But yeah, outside of that, just continuing with the uh, first pitch podcast on the weekends, definitely give that a listen and go check out my other podcast, free baseball. Um, you can find it on my website, crumplerbaseball.com. But yeah, just give me a follow on Twitter as well. I could use the followers at Jake Crumpler. And Rick, where can our listeners find you on Twitter? Cause I think like it's been a while since we plugged that. Yeah, you can find me on I at, at, at I am Rick Graham uh, on Twitter, but definitely go follow Jake, follow Jake, uh, follow Jake, follow Kalen, follow our our Twitter at uh, in the pen pod. Um, we we we're, we're trying to we're you know we're building trying to build a little bit more of a you know thing there, so we could use some followers. But um, yeah, follow these guys as well. <laughs> yeah, you can find me at Kalen underscore Elslager. I need to do a little better on Twitter. A lot of it is just retweeting. Hey, I recorded a podcast yeah. today, so but I need to start finding some more uh, tweets. But you know, finding what we're all doing, trying to find our way on the uh, the Twitter sphere. But um, I need to do a little bit more with that. But like I said, a lot of good work coming on PitcherList. And as always, I'll do my usual plug: join PL Plus. You know, there's a lot of great stuff. You got the PLV, the PL, PL projections, DFS. Um, Join our Discord, have access to the staff 24-7, including daily chats with a member of the staff. We do dynasty chats. We've done reliever chats. We've done just general going deep chats. Anything and everything, we have a staff member available to discuss it. A channel for everything baseball and outside of baseball. So it's a great community, and it's um, definitely a lot of fun to be a part of. So that's all we got for this episode of In the Pen. I am Callan. Join us always by Rick and Jake, and we'll talk to you guys next week. 